Today's episode of Theatre of the World is brought to you by Gustav Bing's Minimalist Circus. Do you enjoy circuses but are put off by their grand spectacle, impressive collection of characters and showy amazing tricks? Well then, Gustav Bing's Minimalist Circus may be just the thing for you. It all starts with one man juggling one ball for two minutes. Then a midget comes out riding a tricycle. Later, the tricycle comes out riding the midget. They strap the tricycle to her back. It's a her. And she walks around on all fours. It's weird. And right on the border of what humans would call (laughs) acceptable. The finale involves the man coming back onto the stage and trying to juggle two balls. He usually drops one of them. And that's the show! Tiny, non-threatening, deliberately disappointing entertainment for everyone. Gustav Bing's Minimalist Circus. Bing the whole family along. <laughs> the world is falling on Man Bites God presents Theatre of the World. Welcome to a new series and a new episode, both combined into the one thing of Theatre of the World. My name's James. Uh, my name is Mark. And I'm Chris. And we're Man Bites God, but also the three people whose names you heard previously uttered from us. Uh, we're back for a new series of Theatre of the World, and our uh, here's what we do in this podcast. We take a word... And we use that word as the inspiration to talk about things, to have conversations. So, uh, moves. We always started by bringing the audience a little bit closer to the topic with a section of fact bombs that we have called fact bombs. And we have Mark for that. Uh Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Fact bombs, fact bombs. Mark's got a fact bombs. We're going to edit out the shit parts. (laughs) Welcome to fact bombs, the segment of the fact bombs. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, The Rui Lopez is a chess opening (laughs) named after the 16th century Spanish priest Rui Lopez de Seguera, who made a systematic study of this and other openings in his 150-page book on on chess, Libro del... Oh, God, I really wish I'd read this before I... It's a very long title. Libro del Ihedras, written in 1561. Although it bears his name, this particular opening was included in the Göttingen manuscript, which dates from 1490. It is characterised by the following moves. (laughs) White begins with E4. It's then counted by Black's E5, Mm -hmm. and then NF3, followed by Black's NC6, and then... B, B5. I don't really know what that means because I don't play chess. I think that's the droid from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Rui Lopez, it has such a vast number of variations that the Encyclopedia of Chess Openings, the ECO, uses codes from C60 to C99 to refer to it. So it has... <laughs> It's a lot of moves. A lot of moves. Right. A lot of variations. Yeah, Boku yeah. de moves, yeah. as the French would say. Rui Lopez mm. 
is not to be confused with Rui Lopez Villa Lobos, who was a Spanish <laughs> explorer who in 1529 sailed the Pacific from Mexico in an attempt to establish a permanent foothold for Spain in the East Indies. That's a pretty impressive move of his own. <laughs> Villa Lobos named the Philippines, calling them Las Islas Filipinas in honor of Philip of Austria, who, ca- who later became. <laughs> An unfortunate pronunciation, Mark. Do you want to go back and try that one again? Slightly less penis this time. <laughs> uh, I think you've insulted so many people. He also discovered a group of Pacific Islands, which were most likely Hawaii, but he kept the discovery a secret. Yeah, he would have called them the Cock Islands. Uh, Hawaiing. <laughs> Fact bombs. <laughs> Brilliant. They were some fact bombs. Oh, they were good. good. Well, I have a segment that um, uh, that I've done a number of times before. Oh, yes. This oh. is a segment. It's called Mark's Shop. Oh. Um, uh, uh, hang on. I've got to remember the theme song. Mark's um, Shop. Next Mark's customer, shop. please, walking down. Oh, fuck. I'll do it again. Next customer, please, walking on in to Mark's Shop. Mark's Shop. Chris would have, should have done that, but he had a mouthful of beer. Yeah. <laughs> So, Moves edition. Now, <laughs> Great, there's your help. Mark's, Mark's shop this week yeah. uh-huh. is Mark's dance studio. Ooh. Where the moves happen. Yeah, so I'm just going to get a little bit of atmosphere happening here. God. So here we are. Here we are in Mark's dance studio <laughs> oh, yeah. shop. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, listen to that. Sick I like beats. it, actually. Um, now, uh. so what you guys are going to do, because yeah. as usual, this involves a little bit of improvisation. Sure. <laughs> so you guys are going to be coming to Mark's dance studio. <laughs> 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 um, and and you're, you're, you've, you, you're going to ask me for a dance that I can teach you. Yep. Um, you've got an occasion coming up. You need to impress someone. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to give you a dance, and I'm going to I'm going to demonstrate it for you. Okay. And then I'm going to see if you guys can do it. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, along along you know, along the same lines. I love it. Okay. Okay. So uh, who wants I... to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Ding a ling a ling a ling. Welcome to Mark's Dance Studio. Hi. It's so weird that you would have a bell on a dance studio. Yeah. Um, Hey, look, um, I know I've just come in on my own, but um, what, what's the, I've got there's a wedding coming up, and uh, like they're going to expect me to take to the dance floor, and uh, I'm going to go stag, and I don't have a date, and I don't know what dance to do to kind of make me stand out from the crowd. Mm, okay, okay. Well, I have I have this one that I've been working on. Um, I call it Ring My Wedding Bell, and oh. it's uh, and it, and this one starts <laughs> with a with a bit of a box step, and yep. then it goes spin, kick, leap, kick, outside turn, and then I finish with. A bit of popping and locking. Right. Yeah, let me demonstrate this for you. Thank you. Yeah, so what do you reckon about that? Do you reckon you can do that? Um yeah, it's 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 a it's a bit weird. I don't know how you made you one foot go all the way over the top of your head and yeah. touch your, the wristwatch on the other arm. Well well you, you just give it a go. See if you can see if you can do it. Oh, Alright, um uh, and then I you, that's not bad. That's not bad. Just keep working on it, and I, I'm sure you'll get it in no time. Are you sure? It, it sort of sounds a bit like <laughs> I'm uh, a bag of oranges rolling down some steps. But <laughs> I mean, if, look—if you think it's going to impress the girls, I'm happy to look like a bag of oranges rolling down some steps. Girls love oranges. 
That's true, actually. None of them will get scurvy when I'm around. Thanks, Mark's shop. <laughs> no worries. Ding a ling a ling a ling. Uh. Welcome to Mark's dance studio. How? What can I dance for you today? <laughs> Hello, Dan. Hello, dance studio. Uh, no worries. Uh, I, I've uh, recently built a time machine, ah. and I'm travelling back to uh, attend my parents' uh, uh, formal. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd like to dance uh, in, in the style of the 70s. Ah. Um, and, um, you know, see what it's like. Why are you going to your parents' formal? Uh, I don't know, just hanging out. <laughs> Some kind of Back to the Future fantasy. I don't know. Why Why? Why so many questions? This is I a dance studio, isn't the it? The better question is, if you've got a time machine, why don't you go back to the 70s and ask someone? I'm not even in the shop and it sounds stupid. I'll be over here practicing my box step. <laughs> all right, all right. So, okay, I think I, I, think I know what, 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 what we can do for you here. Yeah. Um, okay, so I call this one, I call this one the hot tub time warp. Um, <laughs> well, that's genius. And so, what? what You're what, ready for anything. Yeah. So, what, what we do? What we do in this one? It's a step, a shimmy, a step, a feather step, leap, twist, plie, heel turn, <laughs> thunderclap. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, All right. You reckon okay. you can handle that? Yep. All right. We'll check this out. All right. Yeah. What are you <laughs> Jesus. Uh, gosh, that looks um, that looks really pretty complex. Oh, you'll be surprised. It's it's actually quite simple. Why don't you give it a go? Okay, great. Okay. Thanks. Oh, oh, ah, oh, oh, my, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh. That's oh. not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Oh, one of my testicles fell out. <laughs> I, I saw. I, I'll pick it up for you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was. I mean, I think it was impressive. Yeah. Uh, if I mean, the sweat is blinding my eyes. Well, you go and enjoy your parents' formal, you <laughs> sick perv. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm away. All right. Um. Uh. uh how does it go? Uh, ding a <laughs> Welcome to Mark's studio. Thanks. What, it's so weird. There's I a guy you? in the parking lot crying about losing a testicle, and yet he's got a time machine, so he could just go back and stop himself from losing it. But that doesn't seem to have occurred to him. He seems like a moron. How does a moron invent a time machine? Oh, so he's definitely questions. a moron. Anyway, look. Enough of that. Mm. I um. I've got a, a, a work function coming up. Yeah. Uh, end of year kind of work party. Uh, you know, boss is going to be there. You've got to kind of be on your best behaviour, but you don't want to look like a killjoy in front of the yeah. staff. I don't know. I need to kind of have some dance moves down so that I don't look like a dweeb, but I don't embarrass myself because otherwise everyone's going to be talking about me for the rest of the year and offensive post-it notes will be stuck to my face. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I've got this little move that I, I like to call the accounting department shuffle. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it goes a little something like this. Now, you start in first position. Uh, and yes. then there's a grand jeté, a spin, a kick, a pirouette, crump, vogue, crump, <laughs> vogue, knee slide, vogue, pirouette. Mm, okay? Mm, yep. You ready for this one? Uh, are you showing me or am I doing it? I'm, I'm showing you first. Okay, that's okay. good. Hang on, let me get my phone out so I can film yeah, it. Yeah, you want to film this. I want to film this. Yeah. All right. Five, six, <laughs> seven, eight. <laughs> It's, quite, it's exhausting it's that quite one. Long, just yeah. off the bat. Yeah, but that'll that'll that's guaranteed to um, get you a, get you a good performance review. 
Oh, good. That's good. I think dance is one of the, the new factors in our performance yeah, reviews. It's a KPI. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I've got to. I've got to get meeting expectations in dance. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see you have a go at it. Let's, uh, okay. Let's uh, see if you can do it. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On my on my count. Okay. Five. Twelve. Six. Eight, seven. Eight. Supplementary. No. Uh. 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 That's not bad. That's, That's right. Not bad. That's not uh, bad. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. It, um, it felt a bit weird. That's um, got to be at least worth um, a two percent pay rise. I don't quite understand why I have to take my pants off for it, but I mean, you <laughs> it's did. All, so. It's all part of the mood. Yeah, I, 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 I'm fine with that. I, I, I have a problem with the fact that the dance classes seem to be very short. But uh, I guess I guess I go now. Is it right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, bye. <laughs> ding a ling a ling a ling. Oh, welcome to Mark's dance studio. No, 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 he wasn't coming in. That was me leaving. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. The, the the leaving bell's slightly uh, different pitch. I've yeah. been uh, waiting in the corner the whole time. <laughs> uh, Just watching. I'm Music a, is time machine. I'm a, uh, I'm a, a one-legged busker. Oh, yeah. uh, I've been uh, quite unsuccessful in, uh, in actually getting any money while busking. And I, I want to add dance to my, uh, to my routine. Uh, to see whether I can uh, up the ante. Okay. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, All right. You. Well, well. So what we have here, we this is a great sort of street move. Okay. And I I call it the loose change. <laughs> right. Um. And it's perfect. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And and so what what we do in this one, you you pop. Yeah. You lock. Okay. You worm. You lock. Mm. You step. You kick. You thrust. You parry. You turn. You thrust. Right. You <laughs> leap, and then you finish it off with a thrust. Okay. Right. Okay. Ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. I would All like right. to see it. Thank Check this out. Right. That's yeah. That's uh, it's quite it's quite spectacle. I, I reckon if you if you can get this down, your your little peaked cap is going to be so full of loose change that Great. that you won't you won't even know yourself. Okay. All right, so you give it a go. Let's, okay. let's see how you can do it. I use my crutch. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's uh... was that? It's not how, bad. How that? It's not that? bad. I, I, I'm inclined to reach into my pocket and grab all the change and throw it at I'm, you now. Yeah, I'm sorry that my prosthetic hit you in the face. That's all right. That's all right. We we all start out as beginners. <laughs> <laughs> So and, and that's I, I'm I'm all out of dance moves. Today. <laughs> oh no! But wait, I, I I've just been um uh, uh, I, I've just come from my, my friend's bucks party and uh, the stripper in the cake died of asphyxiation and so now I've got to be the entertainment. There's nothing, no more dances for me to do. Uh, no, there's nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, jazz hands. You can jazz always hands. do just, jazz hands. Just do some jazz oh, hands. No. And they don't even they don't even make a noise. No. <laughs> See. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the end of Mark's shop for this week. The the Move Academy. <laughs> yeah, Dance Move Academy. Pardon, ma'am. Uh, may I tell you something about Oak Farms chocolate milk? Sure. Well, you already know most mothers say that it's just the ticket for the kids, and of course the kids think it's great too. But did you know it's made with Oak Farms 100% grade A pasteurized milk? Ma'am, that's the best in the house. You see, it's just as good for them as Oak Farms homogenized milk. Mm. And you know how nourishing that is. Uh-huh. So go on and treat the kids. Give them all they want. Oak Farms chocolate milk. It's the best. 
let's let's stop dicking around, guys, and let's talk about social moves. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about let's talk about the moves that uh, men uh, do and women do right. on other people. Okay. Um, I want to tell you guys uh, about the time that uh, I got hit on uh, by a dude. Now, nice. Um, uh, uh, it was a very. It's a very. It's a sad story from my point of view. Quite frankly, mm. um, I was out with mates. That was fine. Yep. And uh, we went out to um, uh, uh, a couple of nightclubs. Um, there were very, uh, you know, varying people there. Uh, men, women, gay, straight, bi, lots of different sort of you know people coming together, just having a good time, just going out, just drinking very, very heavily and dancing the night away. We ended up in a gay nightclub, just dancing the night away. It was great fun. Um, Mostly um, the straight people came to their senses and went home early, but um, the, the queer people, they were really up for a big night and I just, yeah, banging away. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm into this. I love these guys. They're pretty nice guys. Mostly I've just met them tonight, but they seem like really nice guys and they're fine. And then at the end of the night, um, the handsome ones all kind of paired off and they went, and I'm like, yeah, great, good for them. They're going to have some fucking sex. It's awesome, man. Being a gay guy must be amazing. You dance all night with your mates and then you just go and fuck them somewhere. That sounds great. <laughs> it just sounds amazing. I wish I was gay. Oh, well. I guess I go home, and there was one guy left out of the group. One, and he was not a handsome guy. He's sort of stringy hair, and is a bit. And clearly, uh, all of the the, the nice looking dudes had just gone off to fuck and uh, left him alone. And I could, and I just felt, oh, I could see the look on his face. He just, he turns. It's, it's like it's four in the morning. He turns to me, and he's got that look in his in his eyes that goes, well. Here goes nothing. <laughs> Let's pick the sad straight wanker. <laughs> Just try my luck here. So he comes over and he's got that look in his... He really, I really am the last chop in the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not making me feel special, quite frankly. No. Already bad moves. Mm. Yeah, not making me feel special. But all right, let's let's give him a go. I'm drunk. It's four in the morning. I'm at an age where I might experiment. Let's go. Come on, man. Bring it on. What, what's your best move? Comes up to me. Looks. It gets very close to me. Looks me right in the eyes. Not an attractive man. Already, he would have had to really pull out some big moves now to land me. He's got to get me into bed. Come on, man. What are you going to do? He says to me rather drunkenly. Oh, you're not all the way straight, are you? <laughs> I say, well, I think so, but I mean, I don't know. What's all the way straight? I mean, who the hell knows? So I haven't knocked him back here. I'm just some hope for him. He's going, he's looking at me, he's getting a little bit closer to me, and he says, uh, yeah, you know, you could have gone home with all the straight people. You could have gone home anytime, but you didn't. You chose to wait, chose to hang out with us. I'm like, yeah, I did. That's true. Then, and this is his move, he reaches out and he puts his hand on my cock. Forward. We're just standing up, just in a hallway. Mm. Like, we're all fully clothed. He's reached out, put his hand on my cock. And I haven't done anything. I haven't moved. I haven't swept his hand away. It's just an an odd tableau. Mm. It's him with his hand out, cradling my cock, and me looking at him and him looking at me. And some time passes, and... He he says to me, "See, see, you're not all the way straight. Because if you were all the way, you know, if if you, you you're curious about what what it would be like with me, because uh, you haven't pushed my hand away from your cock." I said, "Am I am I excited about this?" He said, "Yeah, you are." I said, "Is my cock hard or soft?" And he said, "It's it's soft." I said, "Yeah, it's soft." 
<laughs> and we were both disappointed. <clears throat> and he was he sort of went away and I went home. <clears throat> that was his chance. His chance to turn a, you know, vaguely straight man. Yeah. But he botched it. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. I mean, the, the, obviously the, uh, the, the subject of moves does lead you to the thought of, of uh, those sort of approaches. Mm. When I was out with a, a, really, a really lovely friend of mine, a, a girl, we had no, there was no romantic inclination. Well, we were just out having a drink and uh, we turned up to a bar in St Kilda and, and a man starts talking to both of us. I'm watching him. He's trying to make a move. He could tell. He could tell there was nothing going on here. So he starts talking to my friend, who we'll call... Um, Annalise. Annalise. And Annalise Annalise starts to to talk to this guy. And then he says, oh, look, yeah, I'm I'm having a pretty shit day today because just found out I got cancer. (laughs) And I'm there going... What? What a, what a strange thing to say. Oh. And I've gone, either this guy is for real and he has really found out he's got cancer, or this is the worst pickup line I've ever heard. In Even my if he does have life. cancer, it's the worst pickup it line. It really is. So, unless uh, your friend is a nurse in nurse's costume. Yes. So, anyway, this guy is completely ignoring me and just talking to Annalise, and I. Just quietly slink away. I've done a little. I've done a little check with her to make sure that she was okay. A, you should have put your hand on his cock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, I just wanted to check that she was okay, and she seemed to be okay. So I went over to the dance floor. I was just hanging out with the other friends we were there with, and then about ten minutes later, she storms over to me, and she is fuming. And she turns to me and she says. He didn't really have cancer. <laughs> oh, I can't believe he dropped it after 10 minutes. Just couldn't be bothered. And it was because uh, Annalise was this very caring kind of, almost a nurse. She was almost, you know, uh, Nightingale. She was, she was so caring that she just turned on the, I'm so sorry for you. What, what sort of cancer is it? And, and how are your friends? Do you have a lot of support? And just did the full counselling session and he's just got 10 minutes in and go, oh, this is not going the way I was expecting it. Because <laughs> no. when you throw out the cancer thing, surely people just yeah. jump into bed with you. Yeah. I wonder how many times he tried AIDS. <laughs> how many times that's worked? <laughs> I've got gonorrhea. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, We're it's s- a real, real bummer. Yeah. You know, I got being brave. Chlamydia. Yeah, Such, yeah. <laughs> just being brave about it though. <laughs> Such a bizarre tactic. I don't think I should be on my own tonight. This <laughs> sympathy. <laughs> I mean, there's sympathy sex, which is the oh, I just my my girlfriend just left me. That's sympathy, you know. Yeah. Oh, you poor thing, and oh, that's fine, you know. There's obviously an emotional need and everything, but. Disease. It's not the right way to go. No, it's it not. It was wrong. It was so wrong. It's uh, not. That's not cool. No. So I should cross that off my list. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, I will do that. Hey, in the interest of balance, <laughs> yes. Let's talk about the time that I actually tried to not really pick up a guy, but I made moves on a guy. Yes, good. Wow. Really? Because well, I don't want to just like I don't want to say, oh, look at me, I got hit on by a guy once. That's not cool. I, I didn't really make moves on a guy, but I remember thinking about it later and thinking, oh, thank God the guy was really cool about this because this could have been misconstrued. Mm. So um, I've told this story on the podcast before, but I went to a fantastic New Year's Eve party. Mm. 
And this was the night of the Long Island iced teas and me sitting in the spa uh, being very drunk on Long Island iced tea, mm. which is, as we've discussed, the mystery of cocktails. Yes. And um, so here I am. I'm drunk in the spa and there are some other people in the spa. And I noticed that the man um, who I've met uh, a few times, but nice guy, luckily for me, nice mm. guy, uh, he's sitting across from me and he's got his top off. And I've got my top off because we're in spa. Mm. And uh, I noticed that he has both uh, his nipples pierced and he's got kind of like the half rings that sort of hang down and so what I did was uh, drunkenly I leant across <laughs> and I grabbed one of them and I, I used it like a door knocker like a <laughs> tiny little door knocker and I went hello is Matt home? Using his real name. Hello? Is Matt home? And I just knocking on the man's chest with his own nipple rings. And I thought this was hilarious. Uh, and to be fair, got a fair few laughs. Yeah, it is pretty funny. Pretty funny. Luckily, Matt, the, the, the man in question, was lovely uh, and very understanding and clearly um, mm. took into account the fact that I was very drunk. Um, yeah, I realised that, that maybe that was my move. Maybe later on he thought, is this half-wit trying to pick me up? <laughs> Yes, it was no, but I might have been yes. <laughs> I don't know. I was a long, I was a long way in. <laughs> well, and surely, surely you should have known whether he was home or not. You know, because he's there with his chest. Yeah, but I mean, is he really home? Mm. Was he present? I think is what I was okay. asking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Deep, deep. It is deep, deep spa. So uh, this leads me into this this week's this episode's clever bot theatre. Oh Jesus. Uh, Clever Bite Theatre, which is, of course, the segment in which uh, I go to an artificial intelligence site on the internet, Mm. uh, an AI, and with her help, I write a script. Mm -hmm. And the script this time is set in the near future when Mm. dating will possibly involve having to differentiate between trying to pick up a real human and trying to pick up an AI. Ah. Uh, and uh, here is the scene as it unfolds. <laughs> we take you live. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, by the way, for this particular clever about theatre, I've, I've I've elected to change the default accent, Ooh. just just for a to bit of variety, to something sexier. Yeah, just to a British voice. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so there might be some nightclub music, possibly something oh, from uh, the dance studio. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear that ever again. <laughs> Hi, baby. What's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? Looking for a nice person. Can you point me to one? Cool, cool. My name's Chris, but you can call me tonight. Okay, homie. (laughs) What shall we talk about? Is your name Wi-Fi? Because I'm really feeling a connection. No, my name is Christine. It means follower of Christ. (laughs) Turn off. I see, uh... Do, do you have a, a, a few minutes for me to hit on you? I understand your question. I just do not believe it is a logical one. Do you think that morality is absolute? Do I know you? Because you, you look a lot like my next girlfriend. I was asking you who the author of a book was. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually this tall. I'm sitting on my wallet. Okay. Well, I just want you to know that I think you're a great person. <laughs> If looks could kill, you'd be a weapon of mass destruction. I have a headache. (laughs) I'm learning about important dates in history. Wanna be one of them? I'm learning about where France is situated. Could you tell me? If I was a Jedi, would you be my force? 
I have a fear of robots. Was that an earthquake? Or did you just rock my world? You don't have to do anything I tell you to do. I am not Christ. Christ <laughs> is the son of God who died to save me from myself. I'd buy you a drink, but I'd be jealous of the glass. How about this? You buy me the drink and I tell you that it wasn't that great in the first place. Are you a banana? Because I find you appealing. No, I already told you that I am a man. You do not listen well. <laughs> Wanna make out? Wanna pretend you didn't say that? <laughs> How about we uh, just go back to my place for some Netflix and chill? That would depend on what kind of monkey you are, on whether or not you were a hungry monkey, on where you lived, on whether I had permission to feed you. You are so weird. Ha ha, tell me more pickup lines. <laughs> She's on the air. I'm off to find another AI. Interview terminated at 7.20am. I mean, quite honestly, in that scene, she was perfectly reasonable, and you're fucking insane! If those roles had been reversed, we would have unplugged you. Yep. Oh, yep. God. Cleverbot was... really, really oh. understands pickup lines, and yeah. I think it's probably because there are, there are nerdy, horny 16-year-olds all over the internet assuming that Cleverbot is real, just try and pick up lines out on her. Pick up lines and Christ. She really understood both of those things. It, it reminds me actually of my, uh, 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 my favourite pick up lines. I, I used to teach public speaking and a student of mine did this. We used to do these public speaking uh, exams and you'd go in and you had to do a talk about something. Yep. And I said, because it was true, you could talk about anything you wanted as long as you did it well, it wasn't offensive and it was, you know, something that you were passionate about. So he thought, he's a bit of a burgeoning comedian, you know, he's all of, I don't know, 12 or 10 years old or something. He's gone, I want to do pickup lines. I said, great, okay. As long as the material is good you, and you do it well, you can do it. Went in there, had a few pickup lines and whether they worked or not. And my favorite one was, hey, are you a parking ticket? Because you got fine written all over you. <laughs> nice. Not a bad, that's not a bad, it's not bad. Classic, yeah. I'd say classic material. Yeah. He walked into his exam, which is like literally just one examiner in a room. He walked in, did the, did the talk, walked out. I said, uh, how'd it go? He said, she's a nun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do a segment that I like to call James's List of Things. James's List of Things. James's List of Things. James's got some things to list. Ding. Moves edition. Hey, uh, let's talk a different kind of moves. Let's talk career moves. Ah. James's list of things today. Five tips on how to be a really shitty author. Yeah. This is not about being a successful author or a failed author. There are many successful shitty authors. This is just about being the best shitty author that you can be. Five tips thereof. Number one, make your lead character... An author! <laughs> like in all of those Stephen King books. But don't make him an author like you. Make your lead character a good author. <laughs> Number two. Use up a lot of pages by having characters explain something that has already happened and that all of your readers know about to new characters. This can be repeated as often as you dare. <laughs> Number three. Give your protagonists a name that is a subtle hint to their actual character, the way no one ever does in real life. Will their character die? 
Call him Morty. <laughs> Is your character headstrong? Call him Will. Gosh, that's some shitty writing. Number four. If your first book is a success, write six more with the same characters that are not quite as good. In fact, books three to five would mostly just be treading water. Number five, write this oft-used phrase. He paused a minute or two before answering. You'll find that phrase in a lot of books. But can you imagine how weird and long it would be if you were actually talking to someone and they paused for a full minute or two before answering? That would be crazy. No one does that. Shitty writing, shitty author. James Lissapix. <laughs> I'm surprised um, with James in the room that all this talk of moves, we haven't talked about a particular kind of movement that James really likes oh, to talk about. Oh, no. James, Are you going to talk about it? I'm going to talk Holy about it. Holy crap. About it. I, still, I still don't know what we're talking about. Oh. James, James has movements had a fascination with telling me about <laughs> his poo. Oh, no, this isn't going to be revenge, is it? And I... This is every- well. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, if you're going to say that, you have to frame it for the listener. You can't just say like people will think that I'm calling you in the middle of the night, Sparky. <laughs> it's <well> long. <laughs> That's not what's happening. What happens is before a show, right. if I've had a good bowel movement, I like to tell Mark if I've had a successful poo or not. <laughs> and often so- I think about Mark while I'm doing it because uh, I think, oh, how good is it going to be to tell Mark about this great poo I'm having? So we have a mutual friend. We is it me? Have, no. <laughs> Presumptive. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I should name him or not, but it's going to become increasingly obvious who it is. He's been in plays that we've done. Let's One just call him Chris. Play. Yes, let's just call him Chris. Yeah, sure. Good pseudonym. <laughs> a, a recent play that I was in with him, directed by James. Hello. We were waiting to go onto the stage, <laughs> standing in the wings. Chris <laughs> leans in, whispers in my ear, I just had the best poo. And I, <laughs> and then I thought James has told James has put him up to this. Nope, nope. <laughs> Turns out I'm the sort of person that people just want to tell about it. You got one of those faces, I'm you got... out. And so the you other know day, what you are you're the poo whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day I get oh, this text no. from Chris. Now Chris is not. A man who texts often. No. He can barely find his phone most days. I got this text from him. I just did my first, quote unquote, post-hemorrhoid operation poo, and I thought of you. Because you like to be told about that, right? Uh, I love Chris. I texted him back, I hope it hurt. (laughs) I haven't heard from him. I'm not sure whether he's taken that personally or not. Oh, he's bled to death. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Pooh Whisperer. What a great show that would be. Just Mark permanently annoyed and grossed out. It's just, it's just a line. Imagine like a revivalist tent and just a line of people out of the tent, all of them willing to tell Mark about their poos. Oh, oh just a line of outhouses out the back. Oh, Mark, increasingly disgusted. (laughs) (laughs) Holy God, that's ace, man. You really are. You're like a divining rod for shit. Yeah. (laughs) As as evidence by the podcast, man.
Hey, you tired of ordinary hot dogs? Listen to me, Dad. I'm Colonel Dixie, and I mean I make a hot dog for hot dog lovers. Yes, sir. I make them quick, and I make them for only 19 cents. Of course, my hamburgers are something wonderful, too, for only 15 cents. But wait till you try my hot dogs. Doggone, they're good. Now, I have two places here in Mobile, and you can't miss them. They look like Mississippi Riverboats. Colonel Dixie's on Highway 90 West and on Fulton Road, just past the railroad. Come see me. I'd be mighty proud. I took a different direction on moves as well. Not about poo, uh, but about moves in games. People have moves in games. I mean, all, pretty much all the moves we talk about are a game of some kind. But pooing's a, not a game. What do, you no. mean poo- hey, what do you mean pooing's not a game? That depends, doesn't it? Imagine if a board was involved, <laughs> a full-size board, uh, and it was like checkers, and there's two people, and they both need a dump, and you've got to... You've got to sp- <laughs> oh, this is a great game! <laughs> so... You know, like like poker moves have. You know, there's like you know the semi bluff and the. What's the semi bluff? I don't know. What the reverse tell? The reverse tell is being able to influence your opponent's behaviour by feeding them false information. Yeah, yeah, faking a tell. Uh, They use that in Casino Royale, which is a great James Bond movie. And they're all called things like the stop and go, the triple barrel bluff, the light three bet, the bluff catcher, the The poo whisperer. So I, I just wanted I, I wanted to reveal some of mine. Hi to Chris if you're listening. Uh, I've got the Lazy B. It's a Scrabble move in which the player deposits random letters on the board that look vaguely like a word and hopes the other players are too lazy to bother checking in a dictionary. Good. Lazy nice. B. Hang on, that's a three. <laughs> that's not an E at all. The Stabby Pencil. A Pictionary move in which the player draws an unrecognisable scribble, then violently stabs at the picture with a pencil, usually accompanied by urgent grunting as their partner looks on in bafflement. The Three Billy Goats Bluff. (laughs) A poker move in which two players tell the Norwegian fairy tale about the Three Billy Goats Gruff, while a third player steals everyone else's wallets. The Donald Trump card. A poker move in which the player declares all the other players don't know the rules and whatever hand they have beats everyone else because they have the most money and the best words. Political. Checkmate. A poker move in which you claim you need to leave the room and check on a mate when in reality you're going to the secret video surveillance room to watch your opponent's hands through the secret camera feed. And finally, the two-card Monte Carlo. (laughs) Which is... Two important cards have delicious vanilla and raspberry cream squished between them. Mm. Hey, uh, with the Pictionary thing, we, we did a, a, like a Pictionary game on camp or something that I was on once. And, you know, we had to make up the topics. It wasn't like playing the Pictionary actual yeah, game. Right. Like we just got given topics. It was the homemade version. Yeah, homemade yeah. version. And I got given, I think, you know, because, you know, I was annoying. I got <laughs> given the, uh, just an impossible topic, right? So this is a topic, ready? Occipital bun. Jesus. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was at the time. No, I don't know what it is. It's a, a small bone or something at the back of your skull, yeah. the occipital bun. It's a little bulge at the back of your skull. Oh, yeah. um, that's your occipital bun. I had to draw it and have people guess it. So I went up to the board, as proud as you like, wrote the word cunt, and I sat down. <laughs> 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 because I am not a good sport. <laughs> Chris's poker moves uh, reminded me a little of the the um, the Motorhead song Ace of Spades, yes. in which Lemmy says the only card he needs is the Ace of Spades. <laughs> yep. 
It's a terrible hand. I know, it's appalling. It's a terrible hand. Where the can you go with that? The best hand you've got is high card, which is the worst winning hand. Okay, yeah. well, let, let, let me just jump in there and defend Lemmy, who, by the way, recently passed away. Yeah. Um, don't kick a man while he's dead, Mark. Sorry. Um, and that leads me rather neatly. The Ace of Spades is the death card, and so the only card he needs is his knowledge of death. It's not He's using cards as a metaphor. He's a very oh. clever man, Lemmy. He's not playing a game of poker with Chris and some sort of biscuit. <laughs> hey, let's talk about social moves, shall we? Mm. Cocoa Pops, right? They're a popular breakfast cereal. Yes. The world over, Cocoa Pops. I looked on the back of a box recently and, you know, Cocoa Pops, a monkey is the symbol. Yeah, yeah, Cocoa the, Coco Coco the monkey. The monkey. Yeah. He's a character. He's Cocolossal. If you like, um, he's the he's Coco the loco. Yeah, he's other words with cocoa in them. Coco he, Chanel. Yeah, <laughs> he's elegantly dressed. So he's got a fantastic line. Coco uh, Cabana. <laughs> like music and, and so on. Always the passion. Yeah, that that guy who's many different people. <laughs> Coco the monkey yeah. is the symbol of Coco Pops, right? So they've got a big picture of him on the back of the box. So the idea is, I think, is you can cut that out from the cardboard box and wear it as a mask. Yeah. Or, and I'm quoting word for word, hang out with your mates in this awesome mask. <laughs> now, I don't care how old you are. You could be four. You could be 44. You could be 104. No one is going to be cool with a cardboard cutout mask of a monkey just hanging out with their mates. Oh, just down the pub. Oh, just at recess at lunchtime. Hey, how's it going, Gerald? Good, good. Notice anything different? You're wearing a cereal box on your face. You fucking idiot. Oh, but it's an awesome mask. It's not an awesome mask. It still smells like chocolate. Have you seen... Point break, they were wearing awesome masks in that when they robbed the bank. You are wearing a cereal box on your face, you fucking loser. You might as well have painted a target on your back. Oh, you idiot child. Any child who... No child will ever fall for that. It's the day. It's the age of the internet. They could print hardcore pornography and wear it on their face and make them more popular. That's an awesome mask you can wear in front of your mates. Not fucking Coco the Monkey. <laughs> Coco Lussell. <laughs> um, I want this segment to be called The Unpublished Poetry of James Hazelden I want a theme song for it The Unpublished Poetry of da- da- James Hazelden You have to remember that every week <laughs> It's called Luncheon I was munching luncheon At a munchkin function <laughs> But then someone took unction at my munchkin luncheon munchin. He grabbed a bunch of munchkins and someone started something. So I kicked him in the back and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> the unpublished poetry of James Hazelden. Ah, fucking hell. The song that we're going to play for you is a bit of a rarity, actually. It's a studio recording of a song that I wrote for a short film that Chris made called Remake. Chris, Remake. do you want to describe the film? Yes, it's a film about 
two burglars who break in to steal stuff from a house in the age of DVDs and discover a massive DVD library and then have a long argument about what the best films are to steal. So the song itself um, is kind of harkens back to the era of the Rat Pack because the two movies they discuss in it is the Ocean's Eleven and the Ocean's Eleven remake. Yes. Um, so this is a good song to play with a moves episode. It's kind of it's got kind of jazzy, cool, swingy moves, and it goes a bit pre-recorded like this. You don't have to do the song because we're playing it. Now I know that my baby is trying to drive me crazy. Gypsy lady, she put a curse on me. She crashed a Lamborghini into my dry martini. She's a demented genie who put a curse on me. When I'm playing poker around with the guys, they turn out to Hey, uh, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate you pointing your ears in the direction of us mouths. We. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We got nothing. We're running out of steam rapidly. Um, hey, uh, uh, thank you very much for listening to uh, this episode of Theatre of the World. Hey, do you like us? Do you want to touch us digitally? Um, you can with either fingers or ones and zeros through the medium of social media. Uh, T-O-T-W podcast. Uh, that's our Twitter handle. Uh, you can look up Theatre of the World on Facebook. Or if you like the music you've heard, go to iTunes and look for Man Bites God. That's the band we're in. And you can download the songs. But the best thing you could do for us is to go to iTunes and write us a five-star review. It really helps us find an audience and it makes us feel good in our hearts and toes. So um, if you could all do that, that would be lovely. That would be a top move. That would be a good move. Yeah. Thank We you. would be moved. Yeah, we would be moved. See, why didn't we talk about that? Too late. Too late. Episode's gone. Thank you for listening. I'm James. I'm Mark. I'm Chris. And remember, may all your moves be the right moves. But not the Tom Cruise movie. Oh, shit. Find episodes and more at theatreoftheworld.com. Hello. I'm Chris. I'm here on the microphone. Not talking in his normal voice. Having a chat <laughs> with you. Is that the voice you're going to talk for this what? podcast? Chris? In podcast land. That's and changed. Welcome. 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 Tatter of the way. What? Potato of the way. Potato of the way. I dare you to the whole episode. Do it in that voice, the whole episode. Uh, How would you say, welcome to Theatre of the World, my name is Chris Tompkins in that voice. Welcome, Peter. Well, <laughs> I could know. It's a very, um, it's a very informal language, isn't it? <laughs> it's <laughs> certainly. The language of Tompkins. It's certainly variable. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, slight to variable. 
This is Man Bites God.